Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Pre, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And joining us today, longtime friend of the show, from the Levitard Show with Stu Gotts and Metal Arc Media, our buddy Roy Bellamy. Roy, how are you doing tonight? Well, we have a competing podcast, apparently, uh, because I also <laughs> have the hockey show with David Dwork of the Hockey News. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. the new project. The, the, the new project that's uh, being hidden in the uh, Levitard main show feed. So if you listen, maybe you'll be able to find it somewhere. I don't know. Maybe the post <laughs> show. Maybe I, I, I think you guys are on the Levitard and Friends feed. Uh, I, no, I, I don't know about that. because uh, if we're, No, you know why? Because we also share the show on the Levitard and Friends feed as well. So uh, That's where I always find you guys. Yeah, well, there you go. So, yeah, we're on the main feed and the Levitard and Friends feed as well. Getting the plugs out of the way on the early side. We'll come back to that again at the end, too. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, so this is this is almost a crossover episode. we got to get to work on here, too. Uh, gentlemen, I've got some good news and bad news. The good news is that the Florida Panthers won nine games in a row. Very impressive feat. Some really inspired performances during that stretch. The bad news is that they then lost three games in a row. They earned two points, though. They did they earn did. two points. They did earn two points in those three games, and I think this might be uh, karma uh, for calling the Bruins OT merchants. Uh, Probably. Which one of you idiots did that? Oh, me. Yeah, that was entirely me. <laughs> when, when the Panthers and Bruins were tied in points for about one evening, uh, I, I, I called the Bruins OT merchants. Uh, though I think the Panthers' win streak was at seven or eight at that point. It, we we still won a game or two after that, uh, and then two OT losses. Uh, but that still brings the Panthers only to four OTLs, uh, fifty-eight points on the season. We have crossed the halfway point officially uh, since our last episode. Uh, so a bit of a mid-season check-in. How we feeling? How uh, how how are things going relative to our expectations? Uh, back in September, October. Uh, what do we think about the season so far? I think we need to fire the coach and trade all the players. Three in a row, unacceptable. It's time to throw a garbage can. It's definitely <laughs> time to throw the garbage can in the locker room. It's uh, it's time for the uh, bench tirade. It's it's time to repeat the performance of what the Panthers did in March in Toronto. So, yeah, it's time to start yelling. I mean, we did get a little bit of a, t a bench tirade from Paul Maurice last night. It was not directed at his team, though. Uh, Paul Maurice was not happy with the officiating, and I, I know I'm shoehorning that topic in at the top of the show. But I, I would expect was, nothing less from you, Alex. <laughs> I thought he was going to take a fine last night. He did everything but criticize the officials while criticizing the officials in his postgame press conference. He was not happy. No, they're they're going to create a Paul Maurice rule. Uh, they already showed his uh, bench tirade hi highlights against uh, the referees at his press conference uh, uh, when they showed this little video to all the officials and what not to do and how much you should find the coach and, uh, and blah, blah, blah during like the offseason. So might as well <laughs> name a rule after him and 
probably up the fine probably because of Paul Maurice's, uh, you know, dislike towards the officials. And let's, let's stay there. I want to get this off my chest off the top, obviously. What Ekblad did last night, which ended up, you know, resulting in the game-winning power play goal for the Detroit Red Wings, that was a penalty. It was yes. a hooking penalty by the letter of the NHL rulebook. The problem with you the missed a trip before that, by the way. That that's what I was getting to. <laughs> is the problem with that call is they let much more egregious penalties go than what seemingly was in the name of game management, which, as we all know, the NHL wants their officials to manage games. They want teams to have relatively even power play opportunities. So, and they also don't want penalties late in games unless they're egregious. That's what game management is. Yeah. That's how last night's game was officiated from the opening whistle until 45 seconds left in the game, because at 39 seconds left in the game, Ekblad did something that had been done all night with no penalty from both teams, but now the arm goes up. So what are you doing? You have on um, like you can either call the rule book as it is written, which is how the game should be officiated, or you can manage the game. You can't go back and forth and decide what you're going to do because last night's going to happen. The Evan Rodriguez embellishment was a joke. Yeah. Under no circumstances was that a dive, was that embellishment. He got hooked around the armpit and pulled down. That's not a situation where you're trying to dive because you're in the neutral zone. And a turnover in the neutral zone usually ends up in the back of your net or at least a premium scoring chance. So it's not a situation you're trying to dive. You They call the dive to keep it even in the, in the name of game management and then the Ekblad call. And like Roy said, there was a trip on Forsling like 20 seconds prior where it didn't get called. You either manage the game or you call the book. You cannot go back and forth. Last night, the refs went back and forth, and it cost the Panthers a point. No, the other thing is, uh, you saw in the first period, there were three scrums, and yeah. both of them led to coincidental minors. One of them had that automatic roughing uh, call, that new rule where if you take off the opponent's helmet, you get two minutes. But they decided to take two people, two people off. Like It's either both or none, basically, is what's going on now. And I highly don't agree with that at all. Whose line is it anyway? Style officiating. <laughs> the rules are made up, and the penalty minutes don't matter. Yeah, I mean the Panthers did have that one scrum where Gostaspear all of a sudden went went to the box, and he was the only one. And it was the scrum where uh, Fisher cross checked uh, Kachuk in the back right as the whistle was blowing. Regardless of when the whistle comes, that was an obvious penalty. That didn't get called. Obviously, that was pushing and shoving. And Shane Gossespierre, you know, Florida native, went to the box. That one was baffling. The result should have been a Panthers power play from that scrum because of the Fisher cross check, but it was Gossespierre. That was the one where uh, Kachuk got back up and pushed them? Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to go back to the Evan Rodriguez thing for just a moment because there's an overarching issue. Uh, about which there's been a bit of a conversation on Twitter today, and that is the coexistence of a penalty call plus an embellishment. Uh, 
I don't jive with that at all. I like I understand that it is possible for a penalty to be committed and for a player to quote unquote sell that penalty. I don't I I don't think that it should be I, I think if you're gonna call embellishment, it has to be a standalone penalty. I if if there is a penalty called, I don't think you should be able to call embellishment on the other side. I don't know if I agree, essentially because the whole point of the embellishment penalty was to stop these players where a stick, you know, barely grazes their helmet and all of a sudden they're snapping their head back like in the end, like you see happen all the time in the NBA. That was the purpose of these embellishments or, you know, a stick taps you in the shoulder, in the, in the hip and all of a sudden you go down. Like it is possible to have an embellishment and a penalty at the same time. The problem is, is that's not how the rule is applied. It's applied like it was last night where it's like, hey, we don't want to give a power play late in the game. So both are going to go and we're going to call it embellishment. To some extent, I think it's a player's job to try and sell a penalty if there was a penalty committed, though. I disagree. I don't. Well, it is, yes. But the thing is that it's not the NHL's responsibility to tell them to do that. It's gamesmanship for sure to try to sell a penalty, but at the end of the day, it's like not the most egregious example of this, but it is cheating. It's the skater's job to play hard. It's the ref's job to see a penalty and call it. Right. You sh- a skater should not have to sell or show the pe- the ref, "Hey, I'm getting you know hit in the head, or I'm getting hooked by raising your arm or snapping your head back or falling." Your job is to play hockey and play what we- play hard. The ref's job is to see an infraction and call the infraction. If you feel the need to make it more obvious that you're getting tripped, hooked, high-sticked, or whatever, you should be in the box, too. That's my view on it. I am very anti-diving, simulation, embellishment, whatever you want to call it. That's just how I see it. If you want to treat this seriously, if you make an embellishment call, review it. Go to the replay. Yes. That's Pandora's box, though. I like that. No, it's not. You you give an opportunity to challenge. And if you're wrong, it's another two minutes, and now you're on a four-minute penalty. Okay, that's different from just like a replay, though. If you want to use your one challenge on that, like I guess I don't have a problem. If that's the case, add another challenge, make it two. Well, I don't, think well, there, I don't know if there is one challenge anymore. I there, think I'm there, fuck that there, is, there is no limit in the NHL. You can challenge as much as you want, but if you're wrong, it's a two-minute minor. Thinking about it, uh, TJ's right. It does open up Pandora's box because if you review that penalty, you're going to have to review every other penalty now. I'm fine with it. Get, I, get I think it right. that you should review. I, I think that they should do what you do in soccer where if there's a penalty committed on a sequence where a goal is scored, like, for example, let's say on a goal, Dylan Larkin trips Sam Reinhart, and then all of a sudden he has a clean breakaway because he was able to steal the puck and he scores. And for some reason, the ref didn't see the trip. I think that should be reviewable. But right now it's not. In soccer, you can do that. If a, you know, you can take a goal back because a foul was committed in the buildup. And I, I don't I don't see why that that can't be challenged in the NHL, especially in the playoffs. I, like I we now have the missed games it too stoppage, far, though. But it, not not on just a regular power play. Like if a goal is scored on a power play on a missed call, I don't want that challenge because you could have killed the power play. You could have just killed the penalty. And at the end of the day, the Panthers could have just killed the penalty, and they didn't. They could have just scored more than two goals, and they didn't. And I mean, 
they probably should have because they dominated the game in terms of scoring chances. And the the reason that Detroit won above all was Alex Lyon was very good. But, yeah. you know, in the grand scheme of things, I don't want penalty calls being reviewed unless it's a five minute or a, a double minor. I feel like that what they got in terms of reviewing power plays given out that it's, it's right now it's good. I suppose I wouldn't have an issue with if, if a, coach wanted to challenge a, pe- a penalty that they could do that. But I think that we might be getting a little bit of tunnel vision because of this incident costing the Panthers the game. But I, I do okay. genuinely think that the if you trip somebody and it leads to a goal or if you otherwise commit a penalty on a sequence where a goal is scored, that should be reviewable. But are you asking them to review every goal, though? Like what? What? Well, the coach should be able to challenge if he thinks that there was an obvious penalty missed. Okay. Oh, you're just looking at it from a challenge standpoint, not like review the play leading up to every goal to make sure that the play. Yeah. Was do clean. they even do league initiated reviews anymore? Yes, on the five minute yes. majors and the and the four minute minors. Okay. Yeah. I that that's fine, but I think a coach should have to challenge if they think an obvious penalty was missed. And I and I do like the again in soccer I do like that they an error has to be clear and obvious. It's the same as like in the NFL. What's the language that they use? Indisputable video evidence. Evidence. I think that there should be a high standard for things getting reviewed or um, calls getting changed. Because let's be honest, we don't we don't really like as a viewer replay. Ideally, the calls would just always be right, obviously, but in some aspects, we would just rather sometimes they be wrong and there not be as many reviews sometimes. Call me a scarred Miami Hurricanes fan, because in my opinion, the goal, the goal of officiating should be the call is right 100 percent of the time. Yes, it takes longer to get it right. It takes longer to get it right. Blown calls affecting the outcome of games, uh, championships, whatever. Should never happen again. I'm a scarred University of Miami fan, and look, I really don't care that the Panthers lost that night last night. Even if you know the uh, Red Wings had scored in regulation and taken both points, and Panthers got nothing. Who cares? Like they've banked enough points. As long as they don't absolutely collapse, they're going to be in the playoffs in a strong position to go on another Cup run. My gripe is that you have officiating that is just changing what they how they want to call a game out of thin air. And the NHL is just fine with it. And I, I, I that's a problem. I mean, me. if you think that's bad now, wait until officiating in the playoffs. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, we all saw how that, uh, how that Stanley Cup final was officiated after the prior three rounds were completely different. I mean, the Toronto series was infamously officiated last right. season. Kind of in the Panthers' favor. It was. Yes, for yeah. sure. <laughs> it was. But just again, I, I I don't want to go into it. I'm just two seconds or less. Everything the Panthers were able to do in the first three rounds, all of a sudden, was a penalty in the finals, and that made no sense to me. That was not less than two seconds. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I think there are there are two upsides to last night. One, uh, we got another taste of Alex Lyon stonewalling a better team in the Panthers building. Uh, that's always fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, two, with Detroit getting that second point. Uh, they have now jumped to third place in the Atlantic, leaving Toronto and Tampa in the wild card spots, which Oof. I just think is really funny. It is very funny. You know, I actually wanted to talk about this 
not directly what you're what you're saying, Detroit jumping Toronto. But I think that we've been talking about, all right, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, but now the real focus is, are they going to be able to catch the Bruins? And I would like to raise the question, do, do you want to catch the Bruins? Yeah. Not, not the way the standings looking, look right now. I'll take I'll take a seven-game yeah, series, exactly. a best-of-seven series against because Detroit. Right now, it's looking like most likely either Detroit or Toronto because, I mean, Tampa's still there. Tampa's you know, not going to make in, it. In the neighborhood. No. Two points behind the Red Wings. Two games in hand. Flames. Or rather... Red, or, Leafs have two games in hand. Pittsburgh and Washington, who are right on Tampa's heels, one point behind both of them. Uh, well, somebody's got to make the third spot in the Atlantic. Yeah, it's going to be Toronto. And then I, I'm I'm genuinely sure that that Tampa is missing the playoffs this year. I truly I do not I, believe they'll make it. I said at the beginning of the season, one of these Florida teams are going to miss the playoffs. And yeah. right now, the Panthers are dead set on making the playoffs, so that just leaves Tampa out. Roy, what started out as a bit for me preseason became a very real opinion. Yeah. I, I didn't even take the one of the Florida teams approach. I straight up said Tampa is missing the playoffs this season. It started out as a bit, and now I f- wholeheartedly believe it. World into existence in the universe. We live in a world where uh, Tampa's GM, uh, Brisewa, is getting asked whether or not he's going to trade Steven Stamkos. It's wonderful. Mm, I enjoy that. Is John Cooper's job on the line as the longest tenured coach in the league? God, no. (laughs) Uh, Sheldon Keefe's going to get fired before John Cooper. Yeah, I think Oh, my God. Keefe is out before the season's over. Uh, Yeah, I I, I think that that'll happen, too. But um, going back to my point, though, we're we're looking at potentially based on the standings. You you're you're definitely going to be playing an Atlantic team. It's almost definitely going to be Red Wings, Maple Leafs, or Lightning. And all three of those you matchups mean Red sound Wings better or Maple than, Leafs. Yes, sure, Jake. All of those matchups sound better to me than potentially playing some of the teams that could be wild card one in the Metro, such as the Hurricanes or the Penguins or the New Jersey Devils. It's very interesting to me that you included the Hurricanes in there, considering the outcome of that playoff series last season. I'm still scared of the Hurricanes. Yeah, so you... am I. So am I. I don't uh, think we would sweep them again, but why are you scared of them after we swept them in a conference final? Well, the Lightning swept us in 2022, so you should be scared shitless of them making the playoffs in that I'm Magic, not, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not scared of Tampa making the playoffs. They're not good anymore because they're not going to make it. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Since we're on the topic of playoffs and we are getting into that time, trade deadline. What do you guys think the Panthers should do with the deadline? What do you want them to do? What's the pie in the sky? Uh, that's a good question because if they want to sign Sam Reinhardt in the offseason, which right now they cannot afford. They're probably going to have to go light. So, who knows? They well, might sacrifice a defenseman. Well, you either go light or you go rental. Rental. Yeah, yeah. Rental. and I would imagine rental is where they're going to look. I mean, Bill Cena has... I have two words for all of you. Yeah. There's Venture. a player... There's a player How dare you? on Goodbye, a bad Roy. team. There's a player on a very bad team on an expiring contract. <laughs> 
And one of the Panthers' glaring needs right now is depth scoring. So Steven Stamkos. Steven trading, Stamkos. trading for this player. <laughs> See, that that's my pie in the sky. That's not my realistic... Uh, my real yeah, I mean, Breeze Boss said he's not getting traded no matter what. So he literally said that today. <laughs> trading, <laughs> trading for this particular player makes sense because of the team he's on now. Fills the Panthers, uh, fills the Panthers' need. Um, I already know who you're going to say. I really think you do, TJ. I really do. I think there's a deal to be made here with the San Jose Sharks for yep. a one Anthony Duclair. Yeah, I I think you bring Duke back for the last couple months of the season. He he's so good. <laughs> like I know he, he I know he got healthy scratched in the playoffs uh, more than once. Not last year. I don't think last year though. Though. Yeah. No. But the year before he did. Um, but that wasn't Maurice. Duclair is exactly what the Panthers are missing right now. You uh, bring Duclair in, he fills a third line scoring role. He fills a power play two spot. So that I mean, means Nick Cousins gets demoted to the fourth line if he plays again. Oh no! I mean, I know he's still hurt, but like he's been he's been bad. Give me Will Lockwood in the lineup regularly over Nick Cousins. Yeah, I'm not seeing what Nick Cousins has brought this year. If he's not scoring or providing any offense, he's okay defensively, and he takes a lot of penalties. Uh, yeah, I don't need Nick Cousins in the lineup. Plus, Steven Lorenz has not really, like, I know he drew back into the lineup uh, last night because Barkov is hurt, but you traded Duclair for Lorenz, and you've hardly used Lorenz now. Bring Duclair back. I think that that this is unrealistic because I think that Bill Zito desperately wanted to get rid of Duclair for whatever reason, and he was willing to take that package back because he just wanted to get rid of Duclair by any means necessary. Turns out he used that money to sign Evan Rodriguez. So it, I think it worked out well. Right. You, ju- you just answered your own question, TJ. Why did they want to get rid of Duclair is they needed to get rid of $3 million. Well, they could have so gotten rid kind of somebody of... else, and Who? they didn't. Who? Yeah. Where's the Who bad money? Who is the big question there? Where's the bad money on this roster that you could have moved? Like, the only thing is Spencer Knight. And were you really going to give up on Spencer Knight to sign Evan Rodriguez? No. You move Anthony in player assistance. Yeah. Yeah. You you trade Anthony Duclair. You do exactly what you did. You you trade Duclair because he's a nice guy. He's a nice player, but Evan Rodriguez is clearly better for the same money. And I actually like what Jacob was saying. If you can, I mean, you get the 50% retention, you can probably get him for like a fourth round pick. I think it's going to cost more than a fourth, but I, I still think, think so. you go for it. I don't think so. I don't think it costs much at all. Those scoring wingers are very, very expendable to the NHL GMs. And frankly, you don't even have to really change your description of former Panther San Jose Shark winger because Mike Hoffman is also available. (laughs) And I would normally not say Mike Hoffman as a guy that I would want. (laughs) But what are we talking about this team's weakness being? It's bottom six scoring. They get no scoring from the bottom six. Yeah, so they don't get... need they don't need players to be defensively responsible in the bottom six because they don't have any problems playing defense no matter who's on the ice. Yeah. They really don't. Mike Hoffman's... Especially if you're getting a couple of guys. 
But Mike Hoffman's shown his entire career he needs to be in a top six role. And also that the majority of his production is special teams. And and, and I like the fact that Duclair can skate like the wind. Yes. Anyway, just throwing that out there. The guy that I kind of had my eyes on, and it might surprise you to hear this, Kyle Poso is a free agent. He's got 15 points in 41 games. And he's a guy that can bring, you know, the veteran leadership into the room as well. We've lost a, a little bit of that with some guys leaving like Hornquist. I mean, he, I guess he's still around, but, you know, he's not in the locker room every night. And um, there was one other guy, but I forgot him. Oh, Gudis, right. Gudis is gone. Look but you can bring in a Poso. making an, an intangibles-based argument for why the Panthers should trade for a player. But he's also got four times presence. as many goals as Lundell. So oh. <laughs> he's got eight goals. Yeah, Anton Lundell has not been very, not been good. His analytics have tanked. His oh, my God. His analytics are garbage right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. Like, the good, the good news is, is you're going to be able to resign him for very little if you want to keep him. But, yeah, the shine has worn off Anton Lundell in a big way this year. Yeah. He's got nobody to play with is the one thing I would say in his defense. But it's it, either way, like, if you're a first-round pick, like you got to be driving your own line. I mean, he had a gorgeous assist competition. on Reinhardt's shorthanded goal last night. He had one of his best games of the year last year. Or best games of the year last night. <laughs> no, I think you were I'm right sure, the first yeah, pretty, time. Uh, Pelini good games last year. <laughs> there are two other names uh, pending free agents that I that I have in mind, and in, in particular, who uh, one of whom is profile wise a perfect fit here, based on everything we know about our ownership uh, and management. Uh, this is a Panther killer, which we've. Signed a couple of we've ta- we've we've taken a couple of Panthers killers and made them Panthers, most notably Reinhardt and Bennett, in my opinion. Uh, this is a player who's a natural center but can also play wing, and this is a player on a very bad team. This is a this is a player who is a heartbreaker for the Panthers, not even just a Panther killer, and that Ooh, is that is Adam Henry. Adam Henry. I I think I think that's a target on the board for the Panthers. Oh man. It is. The Panthers like, have done a great job turning Panther killers into great players for the Panthers. Roy's like me. We're not over. Uh, what was it? Twenty fifteen. It was twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. It was longer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, was, I'm not was, over it. It was the seven game series against New Jersey. I'm still, I'm still angry. First uh, of all, the Panthers show won game six. Second of all, I'm still angry. Yeah, I, I, I was third I was row behind uh, Jose Teodor, and uh, yeah, no, I was not okay. I was not okay. Fun fact, uh, fun little trivia bit about Jose Teodor, by the way. The only goalie in the history of the NHL uh, to win the heart and not be in the Hall of Fame. Interesting. Very interesting. I also don't think... At least of eligible goalies, I should say, because I don't want anyone in our comments being like, Gary Price isn't in the Hall of Fame. He's not eligible yet. Relax. Hmm. I'm very relaxed, Jacob. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I'm not okay. I'm still not okay. Twelve years awesome isn't long enough. What about Dominic Kubalik? Well, the, uh, I mean, if we're gonna talk about senators, Jacob Chikrin's available again. 
The question uh, is, is we don't have the assets though. I, I was just more gonna say, is, has the shine worn off of him enough? No, it hasn't. No, he's been um, good this year. TJ, I disagree that we don't have the asset because I think you center a package around Anton Lundell to bring Jacob Chikrin in. Well, the thing is that that now that you're willing to trade him, he's not worth anything. Well, he's like, not worth those as things. Much. Kind of are kind of going hand in hand. I I, I don't think Ottawa would. Be interested in him. First of all, they go I down the middle. Stutzel. That's they true. go down the middle. Stutzel, Norris, and uh, Shane Pimentel, yeah. the uh, the guy that's very entertainment purposes only oriented. You're expecting confidence from the worst run organization in all of professional sports. Well, under new management, so keep that in mind. We haven't really seen what uh, um, I guess the uh, what's his name the, been the dad of the <laughs> the dad of the guy that's in the Panthers organization. Oh, geez. What's his name? Jeff Chikrin? No, no, no. 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 That's not the dad Stales. of the guy in the Panthers organization. Jane oh. Stayos. Oh. And his, his son is Jacob Stayos, I think, and is playing for the Everblades. No, I think it's Nathan Stayos. Nathan Stayos. You're right. You're um, right. Uh, Jacob Chikrin would be on another team. Yeah. Oh, no, Jacobs. <laughs> that would be another guy. I agree. There are way too many Jacobs. Yeah, but with a K <laughs> this time. It's with a K. That's true. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I, I think it'd be way too hard to put together a package for Chikrin. Plus, again, defense is not the glaring need right now, which is kind of shocking when you consider yeah. the Panthers' history. Like, defense feels like it's always been the glaring need. Vince right. Look at us. Look right. at us. Who would right. have that's that's strike two. You bench and bench Sherratt <laughs> twice. Now. And, uh, you do it one more time, and we'll pretend to kick you off. Um, <laughs> No, the You're the one other name conduct. that I actually wanted to bring up <laughs> is uh, Anthony Beauvillier. I'm not going to have any pomp and circumstance around this one. I'm just going to say it outright. I'm a huge fan of Anthony Beauvillier. I think right. he was one of the only good players on the Islanders when he was there. Uh, and now he's sitting on a desolate Chicago team. Talk about a speedy bottom six winger, or a speedy third line winger in particular. Really, I'll call him a speedy middle six winger. Anthony Bovillier fills a lot of the similar roles as Duclair. I just think Duclair is a better player overall. Um, but I, I think there could be a deal to be made there for Bovillier also. Yeah. The one problem with Anthony Bovillier is that he has kind of a high cap hit. And I'm not positive if the Blackhawks will want to retain, not because they're going to you know, be worried about the cap. It's because they're worried about using one of their three retention spots. Potentially. I'm not really sure what's going on, but like, I'm not sure he's if they're ex- going to want to retain on Anthony Beauvillier. So instead of a fourth, they get a third. He's expiring. So yeah. that's not going to be a big deal. And also, the Panthers are going to have not a ton of deadline cap space. Cause remember how the NHL does it a little weird, but they're projected to have like five million in deadline cap space. So even if there is no retention, Excuse me, they're going to have $4.2 million in deadline cap space. So, so even if there is no retention, I think. Well, no, because Bavili is at four point one. Oh, okay, nice. So Duclair's at three, just yes. saying. Yeah, I, but anyway, anyone you get, like at the deadline, everyone's always retained. It doesn't matter. It just happens. Um, I don't think the Panthers should be big game hunting at the deadline unless there's someone you can get with term at a reasonable contract because – you don't have a first round pick. You don't have a second round pick and you don't have a first yeah. round pick in 2025. This year you are paying off the Claude Giroux trade and uh, 
I don't even know what's another trade. What's where do we lose our second round pick? Is this the getting rid of um the cap hit for what's his name? Strawman? Uh, for Strawman. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's the Strawman cap hit. So right now you're paying off dumping Anton Strawman and you're paying off Claude Giroux. And then the Anton. Matthew Kachuk oh. trade uh for the for next year's first, right? Yeah, next year's Kachuk, and then you're finally dealing with your Back full complement of picks. But that'll probably get traded, so and right. yeah oh my god yeah remember when he was a panther I remember yelling good I remember times. Yelling on the social media every time you screwed up on the ice like stop it exclamation points everywhere yeah i'd like to see contract for sure i just have to point out the three of us all hated that contract we weren't working together at a time at the time but the three of us all hated that contract yeah. man that offseason was such a that's disaster. I mean, I'm not sure I hated it actually, because I liked Strawman. Yeah, but he was washed. Yeah, he was washed, and it, and it gave him. I think it was four years or something. Three years, five four and a half. Oh yeah, I I definitely hated the that term. Was the, uh, that was the we end. bought out where you know we traded for Scott Darling, so that we could buy him out instead of having to pay Reimer three point four or whatever it was, in order to have the cap space to sign Bobrovsky to ten. And Strawman to five point five. Wonder why Dale Talon's not a GM anymore. Yeah, that was the end of the blueprint. Mm-hmm. The Amazing merciful, history. merciful end of the blueprint. There's one other thing we actually need to bring up relative to the Panthers roster. Mm-hmm. Um, they called up Rasmus Asplin today, and it seems I like he's going to play. What? Yeah, I think that um, who was out? Somebody was out. Barkov was out. Well, Barkov. No, but there was one other person other than Cousins. I, I, that's got to be because he was skating on the fourth line. Okay, so then Stenland or Lorenz or Lomberg or that. Either way, like, yeah, it's it's probably Stephen Lorenz oh, who's going to be out. Was, yeah, was, was playing, I think. Yeah. It better not be Gadjevich. Gadjevich is really yeah. good. Okay, let me look at these. What Roy? What is so I, funny? I, no, I'm not, I'm not laughing at that. It's like I'm laughing at your reaction, but I'm not laughing at the Lusterine and Lundell Reinhardt for Hagee Bennett Kachuk. Roy? I love Joda Gadget. It's Gadget, entirely yeah, that's what it was. unironic. That's who it was. No, why? That's See? who it was. I forgot. You over here saying it with your chest and everything. He's so good. He's saying it with your I don't chest think he. I don't think he's getting benched. I don't think he's healthy. Yeah, I think he wasn't skated. He's got to be hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he just came back from injury somewhat recently. I think right before the nine-game win streak kicked off. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. weird how that Gadget works. Bitch has an illness, but Paul. Paul Maurice described him as being on the mend. He was not at practice. I mean, it's, but it's interesting that Rasmus Asplund's the one getting the call when Mackie Semiskevich has been tearing it up. But I guess they don't want to put fourth him in the line guy though. Asplund, unless unless you don't expect him to play, also. That, yeah, that, yeah. I, I figured Rasmus Asplund was brought up to be a body for practice in case you wanted to give someone a maintenance day. That was my assumption. I just assumed that Mackie's going to get called up before the playoffs. That's that's all. Oh yeah. Well, got to keep it. I up. mean, I guess it's going to depend on on yeah, the checkers playoff position. No, also. no, no. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. If well, if it benefits the big club, they're going to do it, no matter what it is. True. Yeah, Maki Samuskevich. I mean, assuming they trust him in a bottom six role, he is exponentially more valuable to the team than Lorenz, yeah. Will Lockwood. Um, Stenland is fine. I hate to say the word that he's good at face-offs, but you know, 
he's responsible defensively and can take a face off. So that, that has value in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we've kind of already gone past the three games that they've lost, but like Bob really is like your goaltending has let you down in all three of the last uh, few games. Like yeah. the New Jersey game, Bob let in a couple softies and basically gave New Jersey a cushion that they were able to turtle their way to, to a win. Yep. Um, the Anaheim game, you can put right on the back of Anthony Stolarz, who's been very good for you. So it's like, all right, your backup goalie had a sinker against the game, a team you should have won. Yeah. Like, it's not great, but it happens. Um, that game also had, like, just the flukiest bounces that turned into rushes for the Ducks. It was a very... It really did. But, it was a really... That, that was a just a really weird game, top to bottom. I mean, yeah, like... It feels like there was... I, I, I'm actually going to look this up. Hold on. Alex, continue making. But yeah, the point. Ducks, like every single Ducks goal was against the flow of play. And it was just like, oh, here's a fluky bounce. And now we're on an odd man rush. It wasn't like anyone did something wrong. It was just like, oh, bounce right to a stick in a, you know, in a guy on at full speed. And now we're on, on a breakaway. Weird game. And then, you know, Bob had another soft one against the wings. Like your goaltending lets you down a little bit. And that's why you've lost three straight. But like Roy said at the top of it, you got two points out of it. So it's really like you're, one uh one and two rather than zero oh and three, so it's really not the end of the world, especially when you look at it. At in your last twelve games, you are nine one and two. The Anaheim game had seventeen minutes and forty one seconds of special teams play. Yeah, another very oddly. That's a lot for one. Another game. very oddly officiated game. Yeah, I think the average. Uh, the average percentage of five on five play in a 60 minute game was like 77%. Like 77% of hockey roughly is played at five on five, leaving 23% at special teams. And they, and they keep scoring 29% power of this game was special teams. There was no penalties in the doubles game. Yeah, that's that sure is, so coming yeah. off of that game and the scene, the last two was pretty jarring. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, I really don't want to talk about the officiating again, but like, the Panthers have been the better team at five <laughs> on five in all three of their games, yet somehow they can't have a power play advantage. It's been very strange. Yeah. Well, Sam Reinhardt, he's going. Uh, yeah. And shorthanded goals. Now we can finally talk about Sam Reinhardt. That was supposed to be part of the good news off the top. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've played 44 games. Sam Reinhardt has 33 goals. He's on pace for 61 goals. Yeah, that's. Uh... That's Hart Trophy. Yes, nomination. He's tied his career yes, high it in is. goals, and it's game forty, whatever. Jacob, 44. forty-four. Also worth noting, he's also currently riding an eight-game goal streak, breaking a Pavel Bure record. Before the season had started, if I were to tell you that Sam Reinhardt is going to break one of Pavel Bure's team records. Would you have believed? Be I have no reason to doubt you, Jacob. <laughs> While that is true, I feel like saying in That's September that Sam Reinhart was going to break a Pavel Bure record, you would have reason to doubt that. He also broke an NHL record with nine straight games with a uh, a goal. Second straight game with, with a special, special teams goal. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that doesn't usually happen right there. No, it does not. Speaking of which, can we spend a few seconds talking about Nico Mikkel as Rush? On the Sam Reinhardt shorthanded goal in the game. We can take all the time in the world to talk about Nico Mikola. I have a lot of time for him. He's been very good. <laughs> I like how they're just like big man fly. 
just let the guy cook. Big man flying. <laughs> they they just let him. They just tell him just go over there. It's sort of like I was saying in one of our last episodes. I wish that they would cut Brandon Montour's ice time by like six minutes, but tell him just go at one hundred ten percent every second you're on the ice. That's sort of what they do for Mikola. They're just like go out there and get all of your six foot however many inches frame <laughs> everywhere on the ice all the time. Everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. I really like what I saw earlier in the season when I started noticing him pinching in on the offense. Like, okay, rookie. rookie yeah. Look at you. The rookie defenseman pinching in on the offense. Now, if I had told you before the season started that Nico Mikola was going to fulfill an F4 role at five on five or a floater defenseman role at five <laughs> on five, would you have believed me? Oh no, I would have thought they back would have been down the ice by now. <laughs> I thought you were about to do the uh, old guy from Entourage. Is that something you'd be interested in? I never watched Entourage. Oh, yeah. I've never seen that either. I was I mean, too young. Other than it was one on the air. Episodes. Good show. You should watch it. My parents loved it, but I, I think when it was on the air, I was How too old young. are we, Roy? I remember there was a guy named Turtle on Entourage, and a guy named E. No, Jesus. I think. Well, Kevin Connolly is a. Uh... A very, very big New York Islanders fan. In fact, he directed a 30 for 30 about the 90s. Oh, that was a great one. How the owner right. did not, <laughs> he basically could not afford He basically lied about his income and bought a oh, team yeah. and then couldn't afford it. And he yeah. figured like, yeah, I'll just make the money as the actual owner. And it all blew up in his face. You would think that would have been a bigger scandal in all of sports for that to happen. But. I just went by the way. It, it's kind of wild when you look <laughs> at the, the clips of the way the game was played. Like you had people throwing elbows, haymakers, like people going. Yeah, Chris Simon was still in the league. Yeah, people going into the stands all the time to fight fans, and this was just how hockey was. Like, it, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, Malice in the Palace was how many years ago now, and that was a massive scandal. And only four like years, two thousand four, right? And like only four or five years before that, like, that was a common occurrence. <laughs> In the NHL, though, if you want to go even further back, like I think there's a World Series, I think in like in the 70s that ends with a brawl on the field with the fans fighting the players. And it's... I don't think that was a World Series. I think that was the Padres Braves game uh, at uh, Fulton County Stadium. I think somebody threw a beer and somebody took somebody's cap, and then that's when everything broke loose. <laughs> they saw. Something, something, Ron Artest. That's what I have to add. Oh, Whenever a county is in the name of something, you know people I, I, are fighting I'm just there. saying, like, sports have become so buttoned up and, like, proper when, like, you know, 1996, you had a guy with no money buy an NHL franchise, and it was just, okay, it happened, and he <laughs> sold the team, and that was it. And that's how the Ottawa Senators were born. Uh... I mean, then again, in the <laughs> NFL, one of the owners literally had to be resuscitated with Narcam in December, and we're all okay with that, apparently. Yeah, after having prior drug issues. Shit happens. Yeah, Jim yeah. Mercer. what? Jim Irsay. It was no. Jim Irsay. Oh. Now there's no more surprise yes. in Jacob's face. You just say Jim Irsay, and it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, because yeah. I, no, I, I heard about that yesterday. I thought you said an no, NHL no. owner last month, not an NFL owner, like, yesterday. If they had like a character that was the owner of the Colts in Parks and Recreation, it would just be Jim Irsay. They would not change his personality at all. I think you could say the same thing for Jerry Jones, though. Yeah, that that is true. That's true, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't have anything to do with the team in Indiana 
where Parks and Rec takes place. Yeah, it would have to be like a whacked out guy for it to be the Parks and See, Rec character. Although I still think you get Ben. I thought you were about uh, to say Ben Sherrod again. I think you get Ben Schwartz to play Jimmy or say somehow. You, you get Henry Winkler. Is there any, anything more on ice that we we want to go over? Barkov being out. Um, Sam Reinhardt, by the way, only one goal behind Austin Matthews for the Rocket Richard race. Yeah, it's it's very fun. I'm really excited for the Panthers to sign him to a six-year extension at like $8 million flat. Oh, there's... There's going to be so much mad when he signs for six or eight by nine. It's going to be, it's going to be not, it's going to have a nine. I don't think it, it will. But it's going to be. Uh, I don't know. I think it might be. T- uh, no, Roy, it's not going to be more I than Matthew Kachuk. It's not going to be more than Matthew Kachuk, hands down. Oh yeah, that's true. You don't know. You're right. Nine, two, five. It's not going to be. I, I think they, I think they managed to keep it under nine though. Why would he do that? You're going to have to take it this The cap is going up. Yeah. Don't forget. Because $8 million is still a ton of money. And he likes playing he here. on the open market. Drunk pot if it's under nine. Sure, yeah. This time I'll make sure not to die. I'm having a drunk. I'm having a dry January right now. Don't don't talk to me about drunk well, pods. Well, let's like... just hope he signs in February. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say well, he's gonna sign in February. I'd say drunk pot if it's under eight. There's no I way I expect it to be under Why nine. Why don't you no just want to get drunk? Eight. Why don't we say drunk pot if it's under fifteen? <laughs> yeah, because the <laughs> drunk pod when Sam Reinhart resigns. End of sentence. <laughs> the last one was a no pretty caveat. big mess, guys. I wasn't there for the whole thing. Neither was I. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. No. Yeah. Your body was there. Your spirit was somewhere else. Your spirit was had your spirit had too much spirits in it. In hindsight, I wish I had oh just stayed God, on great. the pod the whole time for reasons. But that's a different story <laughs> oh for a God. different drunk pod. <laughs> All right. Um, couple off ice things. Last night's TNT, because of the cancellations up in Buffalo, the uh, TNT crew called the game from the studio. Apparently, it was a huge disaster and it was really bad. (laughs) Nobody in Florida or Detroit could watch that. It was blacked out. Yeah. That too. But from the people who did see it, all I heard was mediocre things and it wasn't great. Um, I'm going to push back on that and say they had an opportunity. They did what they had to do. Well, not only that, but like, that was the perfect opportunity to just try something. Take a swing and see if it works. It didn't, but at least you tried. And it was a situation where no one can really get mad at you because they didn't have anyone to call the game. They couldn't use the Valley feed. So they took a swing and missed. I like that they at least tried something. Yeah, they needed something to fill the advertiser uh, slots. Right. And they, they went with that. I mean, it was, I did actually watch this and it was, it was interesting. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I would not choose that option again. I just um, recorded the game on TNT, so I was watching it on tape delay. You're see a black screen. Oh, yeah, for some reason it worked uh, on my Directv app. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. It was. It's a little interesting. It's it's, it's funky sometimes. It worked. It worked though. I did watch that. Um, Lee McHugh, friend of the show, he he was funny. He was he was good. Um, this is better on TV than I thought he would be. And uh, Lundquist is often putting in an insightful thing here and there. And who's the other guy on? The, on a, Anson oh, Anson Carter. Carter. Anson Carter's funny also. But, um, you know, this was something that they were not prepared to do. So it was, there was trial and error and uh, a lot of error. I don't understand how there wasn't a commercial break for any of the stoppages. There was no commercial breaks either. 
No, there were commercials. I was gonna oh, say, okay. wow, that's really something. Was like that would have been even more yeah. of a disaster. Like, what are you gonna do for two and a half minutes? It was, it was sort of like the Manning cast, how there's just like no clean segue into a commercial because they're just not used to that. So it was a little bit like a Manning cast that they just like did on the on the they winged it basically on the fly. Speaking of uh, trying something new, apparently a friend of the show, George Richards, was the color commentator on ESPN Plus today for FIU women's basketball. So I hope that went well for you, George. Ooh, I need to go rewatch that. He is a very busy man. <laughs> He's got a lot on his plate. He's getting those ESPN Plus checks now. Um, last thing off ice related. Season ticket renewals went out. Uh, I know, Roy, that's not something that affects you with uh, your uh, press credential. However, I'm seeing a lot of complaining that season ticket prices went up 10 to 25% across the board. Guys. Uh, okay, that makes sense. They are defending Eastern Conference champions. Thank you. Like, this is what happens when a team has sustained yeah. success. Demand goes up. Prices go up. There's a reason the lower bowl is pretty much full all the time now because people want to go see the Panthers play. Their prices are going to go up. This has been one of the cheapest tickets in the NHL for 20-plus years. The team is now good. Prices are going to go up. This is called I, economics. Right. I teach the, that in school. This is mm-hmm. freshman year of high school stuff. I mean, you probably like go goo gaga supply and demand as a baby these days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, you know, I, I feel bad for the people who are being priced out or have to move from the lower bowl to the upper yeah. bowl. I do feel bad for them. But unfortunately, this is what happens when Ooh, a team I gets Ooh, good. Economics. People want the tickets and they're going to raise the prices. I'm sorry, but that just is what it is. It's a sign of organizational health. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that could clearly affect the Jacob. The Goo Goo Gaga supply and demand line. TJ, that was one of the funniest things you've ever said. Remember why the parking was free? <laughs> um, yeah, my my two cents on this is simply to the people who are are lamenting the loss of the low ticket prices for the Panthers. Do you remember why the prices were low? I do. It's because the team couldn't sell a ticket because they were so bad. What would you rather have? A bad team with cheap tickets or a really good team with expensive with more expensive tickets? Because I would much rather my hockey team be good and have to pay a little more to go see them. Yep. Amen. Anything else before we get out of here? Because we're well over an hour at this point. Uh David and I are going to Toronto to cover the All-Star game. Ooh, oh, that oh that's fun. Nice little humble brag there from Roy. Bob is in the All-Star game. I think we talked about this on the last episode, but I don't remember. Yeah, Bob, Bob is in, Barkov is not. That's a huge that problem, we know, by I mean, the way. We've that known is Barkov's... a gigantic problem for me because uh, there are what, six Canucks and five Maple Leafs in this game now because of fan voting. The way they did it was so dumb. Yeah, the way they did it was so dumb. There were always going to be a bunch of Leafs. It's in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, six Canucks is crazy. Though. But when you when you leave the majority of the roster to fan voting, you leave yourself to something like this. And that, you know what? At least it's from two of the better teams in the NHL in terms of points. So it's not you know it's not Maple like Leafs. the, the Maple neither one of those teams are the one Maple of the better teams the in the NHL. If, Vancouver, if you want to know my opinion Vancouver on which team is and Toronto's a wild card team. If you want, if you want to know I, my I, opinion I, on which team is better, it's the one in, in the Western Conference. Yeah. Currently leading their division. Yeah, but they're frauds. But also they're frauds. 
Tampa, Toronto are bigger fronts. I'm just saying, at least we, we're not seeing like eight Ottawa Senators and there are eight Montreal Canadiens. Like, at least it's teams from that are in the playoffs. It's not great, but it's not terrible. I, I see your point. Yeah. Um, I think we should vote for Taylor Heisey for the NHL All Star game. No, we should have I'm voted for Radko Gudis. That uh, would be funny. Radko I did vote Nick, for Radko Gudis. Radko Gudis and Nick Cousins. I did vote for Nick Cousins. Oh. Who was the other one? See, now I, I know you're lying. Sam Bennett. Oh, Sam Bennett. Those were the three. Yeah, those I were the did, three. I did I say that. Uh, Winnipeg is in first in the league. Good for them. Good for them. Connor Hellebuck yeah. already got his paycheck. Yeah, especially when considering all of us said they needed to sell in the offseason and they brought them all back and now they're first in the league. So the Oilers now have a higher points percentage than the Kings. Yeah. That is, That's uh, funny. That is a complete flip on uh Yeah, they're they're just totally all the way back. I think the Kings will be fine. It's just the Oilers like figuring out who they really are. Didn't the Kings really go on like a nine game losing streak? Yeah, they did, which it didn't really ever make any sense because they gave the Panthers a hell of a game. They oh, they looked if that's the good. cup final, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Which is like a legitimate possibility. The other flip in the Western Conference is Vegas, who went eleven oh and one to begin the season. Won they won seven straight to begin the season now. To... Four, six, and ten in their last or four, six and oh in their last yeah. ten. Yeah, and they just won. So Five five and zero oh in their last ten. No 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 no. Like that's after a win. I mean four, four six, six and zero oh in their last ten. They've also had some extreme goalie issues. Like yeah, they, they've had a lot of injuries. They they're they're not that good. The the Knights aren't that good. Other than their goaltending, their goaltending has been maybe the best in the league this year. Them and Boston have had the best goaltending. Yeah, and they they also Aiden have Hill's been issues. unbelievable. Uh, Boston with their goaltending situation. Yeah. Now. doesn't matter. Panthers season swept Vegas. <laughs> And then the one last thing I wanted to bring up league wide, kind of you know, real quick, is just the Eastern Conference wild card race is crazy. It's it's very funny. Yes. So the team in sixth place in the wild card is the Devils. They are two points behind the final playoff spot, which is the Lightning, and they have two games in hand. Uh, that has changed, of- by the way, because Tampa has since finished beating Minnesota, and are now in wild card one. So now the Lightning have more points than the Leafs. Yes. But this Leafs is like three games in hand. This it's, is a crazy log jam. It'll be two games in hand if Toronto completes their choke job against Calgary, though. They are currently I'm going to include the Red Wings in all this. So basically there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams competing for three spots. And like we're not far removed from at yeah. this point in the season, a couple of years ago, being like, we know the 16 teams. We know who's making the playoffs, and now it's a total mystery. I mean, we know the Panthers are getting in, and that's like- see, that's the great switch here. That there's this whole logjam for who the hell is going to be the Eastern Conference wild card teams, and we aren't a part of that conversation because we are comfortably in a divisional spot. I'm going to keep saying I believe in Pittsburgh. I, 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 Sorry, Roy. Don't, no, I, don't, no. That's like me I saying think, I think they're I getting in. <laughs> Roy, that's three. We're ending the podcast. Good night, everybody. It's it's Riley it's Riley Smith's team now. So I I fully believe in Riley Smith. I believe in Riley Smith. Um, I think the Devils are going to miss. Frankly, right now I think they're going to miss. That's 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 the over under answer that I think is going to hurt me the most because I had the Devils so winning I. the Metro. That one's going to hurt. Don't remember who I had, but I, mean, I bet I it had, had to be either New Jersey or, or Carolina. 
It was definitely Carolina, actually. But I'm pretty sure I had New Jersey finishing we, second. So we either really way, I look like a play. Fool. But if the Panthers are going to make an all-in bread to move, Jake Gensel. I think no. that they're going to keep him though. I yeah, think they're making the, the playoffs. Penguins aren't the Penguins aren't going to sell. They're right in the thick of the playoff race. There's, there's no a lot way of rumors gonna about him. I don't think they're going to sell though. Only I, yeah, I I really don't think they're going to sell. Roy, want to give us our final words? No, no. That's it. Podcast over. Podcast <laughs> over. Done. I can't say Ben Sherrata anymore. So, damn it, that's four. I mean, you can shit on Ben Sherrata all you want. Like that's a lot. I, I I've done that plenty of times during the playoffs. Anyway. You you already plugged the hockey show, but plug everything else, Roy, so that everybody knows where to find you. Okay. Uh, the Dan Lobatard show with Stugatz. It's a big show. Um, because Miami uh, with Billy Corbin, uh, Montgomery and Company with Renee Montgomery and her family, and the hockey show with David Dwork of the Hockey News. Those are the four things I am primarily a part of in the Metalog Media family. And you can search for all those on your podcast app and they'll come up? Uh, sure. Uh, the hockey show, um, you could probably like search YouTube and find that easily. Uh, as far as finding that on the podcast, uh, they kind of have us hidden in the uh, <laughs> in in their feed, so uh, that's going to be a bit tough. You're going to have to search that one out and listen to everything. YouTube's a good idea. All right, yeah. five stars. Where are they rating us? On YouTube, five stars on YouTube. On, uh, on That's the almost show. too real of an answer. Go on the Dan Lebetard YouTube channel <laughs> and rate Panther Paris five stars. I I believe in the ingenuity <laughs> of our audience. You'll figure it out. Yeah, you also believe in Riley Smith. Excuse bro. me, Roy. That's Stanley <laughs> Cup champion Riley Smith. <laughs> uh, Ooh, so. it still hurts. So. Good night, everybody. Go Panthers. <laughs>